Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Do those things, those quiet times with the Lord like you used to. Take walks with Him like you used to. Whatever it was, where you were in that place where you were really in love with Him, go back to that place where you were. That's the application. And back in our text, verse 8, it says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Remember he did that in in, in 19, in Revelation 19? He fell down before an angel. He's doing it again. This is his second time. So he's, he's overwhelmed by everything that's happening. He says, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things, That his heavenly tour guide. He's bowing down before the heavenly tour guide. He says, and he said to me, I love this. He says, see that you don't do that. He said, don't do that. Don't bow down before me. He says, I'm just a, a fellow servant. And what does he say? Tell him to do at the end. He says, worship God. And before you're too hard on John and saying, John, wait a second. You did this once before. Didn't you learn the first time? You're not supposed to bow down before an angel. And come on, John. And, but, but realize it says when he saw and heard these things. He, what did he see? He saw the, the, the river of life flowing like crystal from the throne of God. He, get, he got to see that. He got to see the, the golden streets paved with gold, the golden city. He got to see that. He got to see all the walls were like diamonds with the, with the brilliance of of the light shining through them. He got to see all that. He got to see the foundations of the walls like, like different precious stones like jasper and, and uh, topaz and sardis and all these brilliant colors. He got to see God in his glory. He got to see the fullness of the light of God's presence. And so, so sure, he's just overwhelmed by what he saw, but, but, but also what he heard. Remember, he heard there's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. He, he heard all of that. He, he heard that God says that I will dwell among my people. I will be your God and you shall be my people. And he, then he heard that God say, you know, he makes all things brand new. And he, he's hearing all this. So he's, I believe he's just so caught up in that whole thing. Like it just got to him. He's just like, oh, I just can't. This is just so awesome. He just bowed down and just started worshiping. And then the angel's like, whoa, 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 get up. Don't do that. Don't, don't worship before me. Worship, worship God. Most of you know this, the word worship means to adore, to reverence, but it literally means to kiss, listen to this, to kiss like a dog licks his master's hand. To, to, to kiss like a dog licks his master's hand. Have you ever had a dog like that before? They're like, they, the dog looks at you like you're the greatest thing in the whole world. <laughs> you're the best, you're the best. There's no one like you. You're awesome. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Keep touching my head. Keep, keep, keep petting me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so great. Right? That's literally what this word means. It's just, you're just so in love with him. You're like, I just want everything about you. You're so awesome, God. You're so, so wonderful. I can't get enough of you, God. I just need you so much. There's nothing like you. That's where he wants us to be. We get a glimpse of heaven. We get to look into this place. We, as, as John got a glimpse into heaven, and he got to see it with his own eyes. Well, we get to hear about these things. We get to see it as we read about it, to see what th- this place that we're going to go to. And, and it, it caused him to just bow down and start worshiping. But again, the, the angel says, worship God. Have that passion for him like a dog with his master. I, growing up, I was about 17 or 18 years old, and I had my first dog, my own dog, who was mine, you know, so 
And I have to say, this dog was beautiful and just like that. He, was a, he adored me. I mean, the same thing, just licking my hand, everything. So much so that when I'd go to work, he would cry the whole time I was gone. The whole time. Nonstop for hours. If I was gone eight hours, eight hours. Ten hours, ten hours. The dog would not stop crying. And I was living with my grandparents at the time, and they said, we can't put up with this anymore. You've got to get rid of the dog. Yeah, he's cute, he's beautiful, but he can't, we can't, he's driving us crazy. And it was a hard thing. It's, I just I was blessed to have this, you know, this dog in my life. And he was beautiful. And, and he, he loved, listen to this, he loved me so much, I never had to put a leash on him, ever. Because I, I jogged a lot back then. I'd run a lot back then. I need to start doing that again. But... <laughs> But I would run and jog, and he would stay right by my side. And, and all I had to do, if he stopped to sniff another dog or to meet some people, all I knew, I knew what to do, just kept running. And he, he would look at me being far away, and he'd think, you are much better than anything else. And he's like, I'm with you. <laughs> Seriously. Never had to put a leash on him. He was always by my side. Why? Because he adored me. He loved me. He was just so close. He just wanted to be next to me. That's the picture that we have. And it broke my heart that I had to... to let him go and, and to give him away. So it was a struggle and it took a while, but my p- grandparents, they're like, you got to do something. And so I remember I called the local pet store to ask them if they would take the, this, this dog and get a good home for this dog. And they're like, sorry, we never do that. And I'm looking at this dog. Seriously, this is what happened. I looked at him thinking, once they see him, they're not going to be able to resist. He's just so cute, right? So I went in and I knew it was going to work. I went in and they saw this dog. They're like, oh, they, they're all falling on their knees. They're petting him. They're so cute. They're licking him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take him. We'll take him. We'll, we'll, here, sign the paperwork. So literally, they went in the back to get the paperwork and their other families were there and they were grabbing this dog. And they're like, is he for sale? And I'm, I'm ready to give him away. They're like, no, no, we made a deal. Just sign the paperwork, you know. But I knew he'd get into a good home and all. But, but my point is that that's the picture that we have here, that we're to worship him, just, just adore him. And if you're not in that place with him, that means you, you've, lost, you've left your first love. And we serve a jealous God. The application is very simple. Go back. If you've never been there before, turn to God. Adore the one that created you, that knows you, that knows everything about you. He knows how you operate like nobody else, why he created you. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your everything. And he still loves you. He adores you. And he wants that relationship with all of us. And we're called to worship him. We're called to adore him. Not the angel, not this world. We don't bow down to anything. We bow down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we worship him. Amen? Amen. Psalm 95, 6 says, O come, let us... Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let's be passionate for him. Have you lost that passion for Christ? Have you lost that zeal for him? Turn back to him. (coughs) Psalm 99.5 says, exalt the Lord, our God, and do what? Worship at his footstool. That's very visual, footstool. That's where he puts his feet. In other words, get down there. Just be in awe of him, for he is holy. Only God is worthy of our worship and praise. He's holy. It goes on in verse 10. The angel talking to John says, it says, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. The time is at hand. This book is not to be sealed. As we've been teaching this for, I don't know how many months, Occasionally, we have people that visit our church, and they, I've even ran into people like at the grocery store, are you through with the book of Revelation yet? 
And I go, why? Well, I'm afraid of it, and I don't want to go to church there until you're done with that scary book. Seriously. The devil wants it to be sealed. God says you're blessed when you read it. You're blessed when you hear it. You're blessed when you apply it. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Does that sound scary? It's scary for people that are not walking close with the Lord because it tells the future of if they don't make it right with God, it is scary. But the answer is not ignore it. That's like going to the doctor. You got cancer. Well, see you later. Never going to see you again. Okay. Let's go to another doctor. How am I doing? Well, you look good. Hey, I like you. I'm keeping you as my doctor. Tell me what I need to hear. No, I want to know the truth. The Bible is true. The revelation reveals our future. Like it or not, it's going to happen. You can't change it. It's not to be sealed. You're not to, to, to ignore it. It's, it's to be open. The book should be open. We're to read it and understand it and to know it. God wants us. And again, so much so, we're blessed by reading it, by knowing it. I remember years ago when I was at the women's club and we were teaching the book of Revelation back at the women's club when the church first started, 2003. And one of the ladies there brought her father to church. I believe it was his first time and he was a Lutheran. And after the service, he came right up to me and he's like 80 some years old. And he goes, son, don't you know that you're not supposed to read the book of Revelation? That's what he said. He's like, I've been walking with the Lord for like 60 years, and I know you're not supposed to read that book. And I says, well, I says, I have to disagree with you. I says, because it says right in there that we're blessed when we read it. We're blessed when we hear it, and we, we're blessed when we apply it. How am I going to apply it if I don't know what's in there? And he goes, oh, and he just walked away. He just ran out. Of, he left, and it's not to be sealed. Matter of fact, I believe the application for us would be after we read it, when we apply it, when we hear it, let's not seal it in our hearts. Let's, let's open it up. Let's tell people about it. Let's share these wonderful things that we're learning. Let's share the, the fact that judgment is coming. Let's share that, that uh, devastation will take place for those that don't turn and repent. Why? We, we know the future. It's kind of like knowing that there's a bridge out and you don't tell anybody about it. You know, cars are just falling off the cliff. Oops. We probably should have told those guys about that, huh? Seriously, we know the future. We know that the judgment is coming. We know that wrath is coming on a world that rejects Christ. And so we know this. So if we, if we seal it up in our hearts, we're not doing anybody a favor. Like, well, people get mad at me. Well, that's going to happen. They might get mad at you. Hey, the, the, the bridge is out. Ah, don't tell me what to do. Push. You still know the bridge is out. Doesn't change the future. You, you know what's, the, what's down that road. We know what's down that road. We know that there's devastation. We know that there's, there's going to be uh, God's wrath being poured out. And for us just to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to seal that up in my heart. But I am so blessed. No, we're okay as a believer. But Lord, help us not to seal it, to tell people there, there's a wrath to come. And I believe that it could come very soon. It's almost like when it's possible, okay, let me give you this. You're... You know the bridge is out like 40 miles, 50 miles down the road, and you're like, hey, occasionally, hey, oh yeah, the bridge is out way out there, but 40 miles, don't want to go that way, it's okay. But, but, but right now, it's almost like we're right at, the, like, we're like, like a quarter mile away from the bridge being out or less, and it's just right in front of us. We see it. It's going to happen at any time. And so for us to just sit here and say, oh, well, hi, God bless you. God bless you. No, stand out in front of the street and say, the road's out. God's coming. Stop. Only through Jesus can you be saved. They might say, well, that's narrow. That's, I don't want to hear it. 
please listen. Not on my hands anymore. It's on your head, and I pray that you receive it, because he's coming. Yesterday, I was at an event. I loved it, because there was a lot of people that weren't church folks like you all. So I loved it, though, because I, I love sharing the Lord. I love sharing the gospel. I love sharing the Bible. So I was you know, at an event. It was, I, kinda, I think I invited myself. I don't know if I was invited, but I invited myself. And, <laughs> So there were officials there, state, county, city. And it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was so funny. One of the gentlemen I was talking to, and he knew I was a pastor, and he introduced me to his wife. And he says, hi, this is Pastor so-and-so. He's at the, the church over there, Calvary of the Harbor. And she looked at him. She goes, are you OK? And he goes, why? He goes, well, you're not burning up or anything? You're OK? You're standing OK? You're talking to a pastor, and you're OK? And he's like, and they were laughing, you know? And, because they're not used to being around, you know, pastors. And so I was just talking with them. And then, so I was talking with her. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with this, this lady. And I started sharing the future. I started sharing the Bible. Because she told me that she went to a church that didn't really teach the Bible. I says, oh, that's a shame. And she's like, what? Because you know, she looks at it like, well, that old ancient book, why would we even look at that? That's the church I grew up in. They don't look at that. And I was like, well, that's a shame. And she goes, she looked at me like, what are you talking about? I says, well, it's a shame because, you know what? I said, I'd like to say it this way. When you go into a room of 100 people, you might have 300 different opinions, right? And she's like, yeah. And I says, well, I'd rather know what God has to say. And that's the Bible. And I just started sharing with her. Do you know that the Bible predicted this? Do you know that the Bible even predicted that Russia was going to rise up? And she's like, totally interested, totally asking me questions. And I would be out there today still talking to her if I didn't get interrupted and got, you know, someone interrupted. Because, but the thing is, my point is, is we're not to seal up these truths, we're not, listen, you're not, I'm not, we're not responsible for the outcome of the words that we tell them. They're responsible for them, but we are responsible for letting them know the truth. Don't steal it up. Daniel chapter 12, Daniel was given prophecy of the future, end time stuff. Daniel was told what will happen during the time of the tribulation and all, and we know that he didn't understand what he was being told because he tells us he didn't understand. Daniel 12, 8, he says, although I heard... I did not what? Understand. understand. He, so he's hearing all this stuff. He's, he's writing all this stuff, but he didn't get it. He didn't understand what's going to happen in the future. And so he even said, and he said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, and then he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and what? Sealed. Till this, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Till the time of the? That's the time we're living in right now. The book of Daniel is totally opened up to us. Why? Because we have the book of Revelation. It's like a key. It totally unlocks the book of Daniel. It's the time of the end. Now that book is not sealed anymore. Revelation should never be sealed because you won't understand the book of Daniel until you understand the book of Revelation, and it totally opens it up. That means we are living the time of the end. So he told him not to seal it up. He says, for the time is at hand. If you're a note-taker, when he says the time is at hand, it means at any time imminent. Don't seal it up because these things can happen at any time. Don't close that book because these things can take place at any time. Last Sunday, we looked at the different signs of the coming of Jesus Christ. And my question to you, do you believe that we are seeing signs of the return of Jesus Christ? I believe we are seeing the times of the return of Jesus Christ. I believe very strongly we're seeing those signs. Something we looked at last Sunday, deception. There's a Example of deception. Hospital are asking men if they're pregnant before they have scans or cancer treatments. Well, 
And then the, the weird thing, deception that we're living in, if we question that, we could get banned on some of these platforms when we say, oh, don't question that. That's deceptive. No, it's an direct attack on the word of God. A man doesn't have a uterus. He cannot have a baby, but we'll play the game, they say, and we'll just ask you because we don't want to offend anybody. How about this? The time of the end. Who, which is the World Health Organization, demands abortion at any time for any reason throughout the world. The Bible tells us in the last days, hearts will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness will increase. These are real babies, guys. No, I will not stop talking about these things. Why? Because this has to change. These are babies, innocent little babies being killed for no reason. And then we mentioned this during the announcements, this AB 2223. This is, you can, you can kill your child even after it's born. In my reading of it, it's the minimum of 30 days. Some reading of it says you can do it up to a year, kill your baby. You know, like, I'm like, are you guys going just totally crazy? It's called murder. It's called killing. And it's not right. Kill a child? It's wrong. Call your assembly person. Flood those lines. At that meeting I said that I was at, I just uh, got to meet Janet Wynn, and she's our assemblywoman. So we got, my wife got to talk to her about this, and we got to make sure that, you know, we talked to her that make sure this doesn't pass. And so I can't tell you our conversation, but uh, it doesn't look like that will pay. If this passes, it's just demonic. It's just r ridiculous. But let your voice be heard. And then they say, don't, pastors don't talk about those things. Are you kidding me? Don't talk about these things? Well, what is the church to do? Sit, just stand by and say, oh, please don't kill the babies. And don't say anything. What part of salt and light don't we get? Light exposes darkness. Salt preserves. Listen, Satan and the Antichrist cannot even prevail until the church is taken out of the way. Do we get that? Satan himself cannot prevail. He cannot prevail as long as the church is empowered by the Holy Spirit. But what is happening, and it's happening a lot, is the church is going this way, woke. Let's say, let's be like the world. No, I don't want to be like the world. The world needs help. They need to see the difference. They need to come out. Amen? Amen. Then we have good news. You guys see this? This is great news. So you've got, remember this parliament member, she tweeted something about her beliefs in the Bible, and then so they wanted to arrest her for hate speech, so she went to court. Well, she won on all accounts, so she's, let's give her a look. I'd like to end with good news if I can. Okay, back in our text, last verse we're going to look at. He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He was filthy, let him be filthy still. He was righteous, let him be righteous still. And he is holy, let him be holy still. Unjust and filthy describes a person who's not right with God. It's wickedness, it's sin that's keeping him from God. The, the person that's righteous and holy is a person that's accepted Christ as their savior. When you look at this on the surface, you might think this is suggesting that God doesn't want men to repent from their ways, but that can't be. So if you, it, the, the misreading of it is, oh, um, you're, un, you're unjust, you're wicked, you're filthy because of your sin. Oh, just stay that way. That's, that's not scriptural. So it's not saying that. So there must be more to this. It, and we know it's not saying that because in Acts 17, we're told that all men everywhere need to repent and change. So that's not the right interpretation of that. So we can't 
leave that as the interpretation. I, I believe there's two good interpretations of that, two different understandings of it. Uh, someone, I believe it could be saying that someone that reads, I'll go back, Someone that, we're at the end of the book of Revelation, so someone that's read about all the devastation, the lake of fire, the throne of judgment, the seven years of tribulation, and if you read all that and you want to still stay the way you are, unjust and filthy, you're like, that's fine, I'm still going to reject God. And it's, it's as if God is saying, this is all I've got, this is everything I have to say, this is the end. If you want to still be unjust, you don't want my forgiveness of sin, you want to stay the way you are, that's up to you. Be unjust still. Be filthy still. I've given you everything I have. I've exposed all my cards. I've showed you all the devastation that's going to happen. If, you, if you're okay with that, that you're going to burn in the lake of fire for all eternity and suffer for eternity, if you're okay with that, stay the way you are. But if not, change. Turn to him, repent. In context, the other understanding of this is because he's coming at any time, meaning suddenly, quickly, that once he comes suddenly and quickly, there's no time to change. The rapture happens right now. It's not like you're going to have a chance. It's not like when the rapture happens, it's going to be, you're going to see our bodies kind of float up real slow. You're like, oh no, Lord. Okay, I see it coming. I see it coming. No, okay. I repent. I, I get it. Okay, I understand. You're right. I give, I give you my life, Lord. Whoo! I'm going with you guys. No, it's called a twinkle of an eye. That's less than a second. When the rapture happens, we're gone. You won't have a chance. And it's not like you can, like there's another train coming back the second time where you can, oh, I missed it this time. Not like you're at a bus stop and you missed the first bus and you're waiting, okay, I'm going to take the next bus. Okay, let's go. There's only one rapture. You'll still have a time during the seven years of tribulation, but you really don't want to be here during that time because Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet will have power over you and you'll have to die for your belief in Christ. You'll have to be beheaded. That's what the Bible says. You don't want to be here. Now's the time. Be holy because of Christ. Be just and holy be righteous, have the righteousness of Christ in your life. I've been teaching the Word of God now for, well, since 1996. I don't know, you do the math, 20-some years. The things that we're seeing biblically, the pieces of the puzzle are coming together at a very fast, accelerated rate, meaning these are signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's when Jesus comes back with his church after seven years of tribulation. That's not the rapture. So if we're seeing signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that means a rapture can be at any time. Are you ready? Those of us that are believers, let's keep our eyes fixed on him. Let's live for eternity. Let's be encouraged. Our time here is short. I used to run track. I love track. But believe me, when I saw the finish line and I was close, I gave it my best right to the end. Sometimes I would black out because I gave everything I had for a little ribbon what are we doing for Christ that rewards, listen, will last for all eternity? Be encouraged, church. The Lord Jesus Christ can come at any time. Be encouraged with that. We're not suffering the wrath of God. He has not appointed us to wrath. I don't care what your eschatology is. I don't see Jesus Christ beating up his church after he saved us, his bride. He doesn't beat up his bride. You and I are not appointed to wrath. Will we see some difficult times? Possibly. Are there difficult times ahead? That's possible. But I can tell you this. Jesus Christ can come at any time. Believer, be encouraged. Those who have not given your life to Christ, be warned, but be encouraged that God loves you and you too can escape the wrath to come only through Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He died in your place. Greater love is no man than this, 
that a man would lay down his life for a friend. He, Jesus Christ, laid his life down for you because your sin separates you from a holy God. So Jesus Christ died to take your penalty, to take away your sin, that you can have a loving relationship with the very one that created you, the very one that knows everything. Today is the day. Don't wait. Today is your day of salvation. Make it right with the Lord today. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.